listeners. Glad you're here. Today we have Dr. Gala Gorman, who is an acupuncturist, a naturopath, and the author of several books, including her latest book, which the title really is intriguing, What's Your Kryptonite? Manage the Toxic Stressors Threatening Your Superwoman Status. I really love that title. And Dr. Gail helps women identify and or eliminate or manage the toxic stressors in their world. And this reverses disease and restores their superpowers. So Dr. Gail, I love this kryptonite image and a way to manage stressors. Is there anything you want to say to introduce yourself that I left out? Just appreciate you having me, Marie. I'm um, Dr. Gayla Gorman, and um, and just excited to talk about the book and and how women can identify their unique kryptonite so that they can uh, have their energy tank yeah. full. <laughs> yeah. I think I have a clue on what mine is, but okay. Uh, why did you write the book? This current book. So the book had been in the works for a few years, um, but a couple of years ago, I lost my sister to cancer and she had been struggling with that for a few years. And um, she was the quintessential superwoman in her world. Single mom had a successful business of her own that she ran and she had a little mini farm out in the country in Texas and uh, several big horses and dogs. And she'd always be sharing some crazy farm story uh, with me and um, you know, how they found a a copperhead snake in the hay barn. And, you know, so um, anyway, when I lost her, I just really felt like the information needed to get out there. Too many women think that they can just continue um, barely managing the stress in their lives and that it's, you know, they're kind of getting away with it and they're just not. And so, um, so I just felt like the book had to get done and I made that happen. And then, you know, um, that was towards the end of last year. So. Okay, so what is the difference between um, the garden variety stress that we think about and toxic stress? Yeah, so most people think stress is just emotional or like a physical stressor. Um, Like, for example, we kind of all know that um, to build muscle, we have to put stress on our body, right? You have mm-hmm. to stress that muscle and it kind of like breaks down short term and then it repairs stronger. Mm-hmm. And so, so those are the stressors that we are all accustomed to hearing about and that we have a pretty good understanding of. And so mm-hmm. I refer to those as garden variety stress, mm-hmm. but many times even a stressor that started out as like not necessarily a bad thing can become toxic over time as it escalates. Um, One of the examples that I often use is uh, planning a wedding. Planning a wedding starts out as like something kind of uh, fun and stressful, sure, but I'm so excited about the big event. And then 
dealing with all the competing priorities and everybody's opinion and who wants to eat this or sit next to that person, you know, or not I'm, sit next to that person. All I'm of laughing. Those things. I'm laughing. I have to tell you because my oldest daughter is planning a wedding for New yeah. Year's Eve. And so she's probably dealing at this point, if it's just right around the corner, stress has become borderline toxic for her, you know? (laughs) And so, and so, you know, when um, a wedding has an end date typically, you know, and it's that period of time in the last few months before the event that gets really stressful, but we know it's going to end. The problem with a lot of other toxic stressors in our world is that there's there's no end in sight. Um, These stressors have buried themselves in our body and are keeping our body's systems essentially revved up on high alert all the time. And it's contributing to things like insomnia and weight gain and fat accumulation and headaches and, you know, all the symptoms that then we try to whack-a-mole with some sort of symptom suppressor, a pain reliever of some sort. Right, right. Um, my husband is stage three Parkinson's, um, so I'm becoming more and more his caretaker every day. Yeah. And um that's stressful and I understand I'm stressed uh, and I have the usual garden variety stress going on and my own health problems and what I try to do is um, find time to have self-care you know I meditate I also like I'll go I'll get a massage I'll get my nails done I'll get a facial I'll go to lunch with a girlfriend these are all good things to do right yeah absolutely um you know uh there's a book, the title is Habits of a Happy Brain. And um, and she, the author talks about the four different types of brain chemicals that our brain depends on. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, when we've got a sufficient amount of those chemicals or even like a little extra burst of those chemicals, they will improve our mood, you know, boost our just overall feeling mm-hmm. of well-being mm-hmm. and happiness, right? Yeah. And so- um, you talked about having lunch with a friend. That's a real big jolt of oxytocin, you know, and just um, really improves our sense of well-being. Yes. Um, you know, if you um, do things that um, just provide some sort of satisf- satisfaction where you feel good about yourself, like, for example, I'm a girl. I um, now that I'm in this field, I can't get my nails done really anymore. Mm-hmm. But I used to love to get my nails done, and I just love the feeling of looking at my hands, and yes. my nails always look nice, and the cuticles were trimmed, and, you know. <laughs> and that's a that mm-hmm. is a hit of serotonin when that yes. happens. And so, um, so anyway, just all these brain chemicals, we have ways that we can do what I call manufacturing them. So I have a little program mm-hmm. called Manufacturing Happiness. And um, and we talk about how to um, just make ourselves feel better, literally chemically feel better. Um, mm-hmm. And we can do that even if we got nobody else helping us contributing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... And stress does cause disease. And I know that firsthand. Um, my first book was called Raised by Wolves, Trapped by Demons. Mm. And the wolves were my parents. And the, my first two husbands were the demons. And 
I really was, I dealt with a lot of traumatic things and domestic violence and even a little child abuse that I, I didn't want to believe there was abuse, but I found out later that it was considered abuse. And so I went through a lot of things. Addiction is one of them. And I got sober 34 years ago, but I know I still work on myself. Like yeah. I do not, I, I was in counseling for years and years and um, I'll tell you what, why I'm bringing this up because um, my husband was getting a little worse and we got the pandemic and we got stuck in the house 2020, about nine months in the house because yeah. I had an autoimmune and I had breast cancer, you know, just we weren't going anywhere. And um, I started being mean to him. Mm. And I was, thank God I have some self-awareness and I knew it was a symptom of depression. Yeah. I knew it. So I got help and I started doing on Zoom counseling. And my psychiatrist said, you know, let's tweak your antidepressant. And I'm telling you, I also know that stress causes inflammation in my body because I suffer from it. Am I correct on that? The stress causing inflammation? Absolutely. The, um, the statistics are that 90% of disease is related to stress. And in my experience, it's higher than that. The percentage is higher than that because I don't believe they are including some of the things that I consider stressors. Right. And, um, and so stress is, um, I talk about it in my book and, um, Mm -hmm to anyone who will listen, that stress is life-threatening. And the Mm -hmm. other important thing to really understand is that stress isn't going anywhere. You know, like we wouldn't want a stress-free life. That's not what we aspire to. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn to manage stress and become aware of when stress is escalating so that we can say, oh, things are getting a little out of control here. I need to dial it back. Yeah, I I get that too, because... Um, out of the pandemic came the book, you know, I did something I would have never done, which is my book. And then it was like another book. And now I have three books and um, the podcast. And that's all wonderful. And I'm on the board of my church and I'm on the board for a volunteer group I'm in. And it's all good. And it's great self-esteem. But sometimes I feel overwhelming, overwhelming type stress. And it's not anything bad is going on. It's that there's so much going on. So you kind of go on that way. There's different types of stress. And it's not always something bad. It could be too many good things in your life and you're too busy. (laughs) But um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes when I find that Um, the people I work with are having that kind of experience where they look around their world and they say, you know, there's not really anything that would explain why I'm feeling what I would describe as a stress response, heart palpitations, Mm -hmm. just, um, uh, just feeling like you're, you have to work a little harder to catch your breath kind of thing. Um, Get that. Some, two things, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you find that there's actually some sort of toxic stressor that your body is having a, a challenge managing. And, um, and so those 
stress symptoms when they don't go away with, you know, the normal stress relieving techniques like meditation, like just stepping away a little time for self-care, you know, all of those things should, you know, take the energy out of the stress. But if you find that you return to a really stressed situation where your body's just really feeling it, there may be toxic stressors. And in your particular situation, you know, um, caregiving, um, in, in your situation is stressful. There's just no two ways about it. And Mm -hmm. you more than most, (laughs) um, need to really do everything you can to capture those moments where you can take really extra good care of yourself to try to offset that. Yeah. It's, um, I'm a cheerleader with him. I have to be because he's getting so depressed as he loses things that he always could do. And, um, and, and I'm the type of person I'm always making jokes. I'm always upbeat, you know, but yeah, I said to him, I said, yeah, God sent you a cheerleader. You knew you were going to need one someday, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I will literally tell him a joke or or say put music on and say let's dance, which he thinks I'm crazy, but yeah. he does it anyway. Yeah. And you know what? I get a little he feels sad. better, and you yeah. feel better, I you know. Do. I and do. at least you guys can still do some things that are fun to do together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, we just got the car washed in the, the automatic one. And I never do that. He always used to take the car. Yeah. And I said, this is fun. I'm enjoying yeah. this going through all the different things. Yeah. But that's it. Um, and I don't think everybody's say, capable of doing it. But I don't think everybody does that. Tries yeah. to find those little things. Yeah. Yeah. Really important. I have a program called the Molt Method. And um and it's a four prong approach mm-hmm. to essentially keeping stress in check. And, um, and so um, in that molt method, every single one of the modules has some sort of exercise that you can practice in just a few minutes, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes or less, you can mm-hmm. practice it even just sitting in your car at a stoplight, you know, um, just park in a parking lot and, and, um, and take a few minutes, but, um, but I want people to have tools to use that are ready and mm-hmm. they don't need any sort of props. You don't have to be sitting somewhere special, yeah. Yeah. you know, you just yeah. have it ready to go when you're feeling it, you know? So I assume MOLT is an acronym for something. And it is. And what is that? I want to know. So um, the way I describe it is we want to shed stress just like uh, the way it happens in nature when something's outgrown its uh, what's yes. got it hold held back. Um, it sheds its skin and, and, Mm -hmm. um, works on a new one, but, um, M stands for mindset. O stands for order. L stands for lifestyle and T stands for toxins. And so, um, arguably the most important is T for toxins. We have to address the toxicity or we can practice M O and L um, really do a fantastic job of managing stress using that, those three prongs in the four prong approach. But if we don't deal with the toxins, then what we find is what you described where it's like, 
you know, my, my life doesn't feel that stressful. It doesn't seem like I've got that many really stressful things going on yet. I feel this real, um, stress mm-hmm. in my body. And so, yeah. um, and, and what it could are the toxins, what are we talking about here? The toxins. Yeah. So I evaluate 12 categories of toxicity. Mm-hmm. So that'll be bacterial toxicity, chemical toxicity, fungal toxicity, food related toxicity, mycotoxins, which tend to be mold, mycoplasma, um, uh, viral, emotional toxicity. Um, so I'm sure I'm missing a, th- a few, just trying to name them off the top of my head, but, um, but I evaluate, 12, <laughs> I evaluate 12 categories of toxicity uh-huh. because um, a one size fits all approach to essentially detoxing uh, toxicity is unlikely to address that mm-hmm. type of toxicity. Um, so, some types of toxicity are just really hard to pull out of your body, hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. For example, let's take um, heavy metal toxicity, which I one I didn't mention a second ago. Yeah, yeah. Heavy mm-hmm. metal toxicity, heavy metals are really challenging to pull out of your body and you need a mm-hmm. very specific protocol um, that's well managed to pull mm-hmm. metal toxicity out of your body. Um, emotional toxicity, emotional toxicity, I find is rarely the primary form of toxicity that we have to deal with, but a lot of times it is a contributing factor. Um, and so, um, sometimes we can deal with the main one or two types of toxicity that I can deal with with mm-hmm. my protocols, but then somebody may need help counseling. You mentioned already some, um, some mm-hmm. sort of help to um, manage that emotional toxicity and bring that down. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, so it's really hard, I would imagine to identify what toxicities you have, correct? I mean, well, I use a, I use a unique method um, called a biofield scan and oh it's based God. on quantum physics and um, and resonant frequencies. And so um, it's just a quick scan that I run and it just gives us kind of a snapshot. It gives us information that you can't get from a standard lab test. So um, ten, what I tend to do, is run my biofield scans and we get the process started based on what we see there. Mm-hmm. And then once we get kind of the first layer of toxicity peeled off, then I may run um, a lab test of some sort. I have a lab test that I run that is does require a urine sample and we send that to the lab and it comes back with the, you know, what's um, kind of the deeper layer that we're dealing with. So we mm-hmm. we use several different ways of evaluating to make sure we're actually getting um, to the right thing, the root cause, because if yeah. you don't address the root cause, you're just um, whack-a-moling symptoms. Yeah, and just and, spinning your wheels, yeah. Yeah. By so, the time your body has a symptom, by the time you're showing a symptom of something, your body's been dealing with that for a while your body manages it and you really barely know it's going on. Yeah. And by the, 
and then the symptom shows up and the yeah. symptom is your body's message that says, I can't deal with this any longer. Yes. Yes. I, uh, 30 years ago, you know, I had different symptoms and, um, at that time and they still do it. Oh, you have fibromyalgia. Yeah. Like everybody has fibromyalgia, you know? And I'm like, no, I, no, I don't think that's it. I think there's something else, you know? And then it was, oh, it took probably 20 years before I got diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome, which I don't know how familiar you're familiar you are with not, not too familiar with it yeah but basically people think of it as something that dries your mouth out uh, but it dries it dries a lot of things out your eyes your nose everything and it does inflame cause inflammation it's a, a lot of things um still know that's not everything like I'm with you there's more there's more and um so I'm I'm pretty good about getting medical exams for different things and not taking someone's word for it. I just had a situation where my abdomen was filling with fluid and I had had some surgeries and they said, oh, it's like just from scar tissue and your, your organs being in a different place than they were. They got pushed a little bit. And I said, no, I, I, I think there's something wrong. And finally, finally after three doctors, the surgeon got a syringe, the two, I don't know, CCs, and that was about this one. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to take the fluid out. I said, okay. He took out three huge vials of fluid. Now, well, and that's good. I'm glad he did that. But what's really odd to me was he didn't biopsy any of it. Like, why didn't, and, and like, it hasn't come back though. He sent, he didn't send it out. He no, I mean, it. You, you, fluid, it hasn't come back. It the is fluid, coming back. It's it coming. is coming back. So yeah. it's still, so, yeah. there's definitely something going on there. So I am going to, when I do go after the holidays, I'm going to insist that he sends out a biopsy. Yeah. And I bring that up because a lot of, especially women, they don't stand up for themselves with doctors. They think they're, they know what they're doing. And I get second opinions. I question them. It's, I'm sorry. It's my body. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I recommended, um, my mother-in-law and her boy are, he's 90 and she's in her late eighties. I think she's oh. going to be 88, uh, oh. in a few days. And, um, and they're generally pretty healthy, you know, still get around and, mm -hmm. um, but he does have, um, a lot of, chronic pain from previous back injuries and overuse in my world, it's called overuse injuries. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so they're always wrestling to get the, um, doctors to take it seriously, especially yeah. at their age. Right. Yes. And, um, and so I told them the last time we were there, which was recently, just a few weeks ago, I said, you know, if you, think there's something going on and you want to get a test don't wait for the um doctors to um order something that they know they're going to get questioned by insurance 
you know, mm, so once mm-hmm. everybody's on Medicare, then they don't want to spend a dime, right? Other than mm-hmm. what's covered by Medicare. Yeah. And you can get a self-pay MRI now for Mm -hmm. you know, and you've got to get a doctor to order it. But, um, but most doctors, if you just tell them, look, I'm going to go get an MRI and just pay for it myself. Mm -hmm. Can you just order the MRI? Mm -hmm. And I like an MRI because it doesn't, um, put a lot of additional toxicity into your body with the radiation. Um, an MRI is a fairly, um, low toxicity um oh, scan yeah and so um yeah. yeah so i think sometimes we have to be willing to um take matters into our own hands and figure out how to get something done um regardless of whether the system's going to pay for it okay. because in the long run you're mm-hmm. going to end up spending a heck of a lot more managing a problem that's turned chronic um uh, and you know you if you can get out ahead of it um do yeah well that's i'm very proactive when it comes to my health care for sure um i broke my shoulder they the first surgeon uh, put me to sleep suppose i was getting a shoulder replacement i woke up and said i couldn't fix it and i thought why did you know that before you put me under so he said, no, it can't be fixed because of this, that. And he drew me a picture and everything else. And now I went for a second opinion. And this doctor, he said, there, no, he said, there's such a thing as a reverse shoulder replacement. And that would work for you. And I got a reverse shoulder replacement. And I could not, before this surgery, lift my arm past to here. And now I can go all the way up. This is the shoulder fixed. So there's a beautiful example of getting a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I and left their handicapped. Yeah. And it would really have been great if you would have gotten that second opinion before you so let him put you no. under because anesthesia is very toxic and um especially as you get a little older, you want to avoid anesthesia yeah. at all costs. But if you need the surgery to improve your mobility um, and you're willing to do the post-surgery work, the rehab, yes. um, physical mm-hmm. therapy required to really get your mm-hmm. range of motion back, you know, all those things taken into account, yeah. you know, um, it's worth it. But then know that you need to really work on pulling that toxicity from the anesthesia out of your body. So um, what are some specific supplements that we might be able to take to deal with stress? So I don't recommend taking any supplements long-term. Supplements are really just um, a natural form of medication. Honestly, all medication is based on some sort of herb or um, natural substance, Mm -hmm. but they've just added chemical things that make it more toxic to make it potentially stronger. And also so that they can patent it. (laughs) You can't patent like, you know, ragweed, right? So, um, so I don't recommend that you take any supplements long-term. Um, mm-hmm. We, I do use supplements in my protocols, but I have a very specific 
supplement protocol that is based on what you, your body is saying it Mm -hmm. needs to sort of have a reboot, a reset right now. And then we rest and then we um, scan again and we see what your body has been able to hold as an adjustment Mm -hmm. and what is kind of is the next layer that needs to be peeled off. Um, That being said, um, there are some things that I consider to be food enhancement (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. that because our diets tend to be so sorely lacking, Mm -hmm. um, food enhancement is an exception that I make to the um, no supplement rule. Mm -hmm. So there may be some things like um, sometimes I use cod liver oil, really high quality cod liver oil, because Mm -hmm. essential fatty acids are really important. Is the fish oil capsule, is that okay? Because that's what I take. It depends on the quality of it and where it's sourced from, because um, because there's a lot of potential metal Mm -hmm. toxicity there. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Some of the other um, things that I use are collagen. And again, it's um, where you're getting that from the source mm-hmm. of it and it mm-hmm. makes sure it's high quality, but collagen can be a really great um, addition. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll use um, uh, like liver supplements um, to mm-hmm. just, you know, our liver by the, especially by the time we get into our, you know, middle age, uh, mm-hmm. our livers just really worked hard already right we're asking it for another like another, 40 60 hopefully. 80 years right yeah you're not talking and about so, iron though you're not talking about yeah. iron when you say so um well. not not necessarily you have to be very careful with iron because um iron supplements and if you don't need iron supplementation, mm-hmm. they can be really difficult on your system. So okay. you don't want to be taking, that's one of the problems with supplementation is people read about something and they say, oh, I think that's mm-hmm. what my problem is. And of so course. I should get that supplement. And then the next thing you know, you've got a dozen things that you're yeah, taking randomly yeah. and you have no idea whether you really need them. You forget not. why and, you're taking them. Yeah. And all those things are making your liver more toxic. You're talking, yeah. your liver has to process all of that right. stuff. What about probiotics and probiotics? So that's another thing that, um, that there's a million strains probably of probiotics and prebiotics. Yeah. And I want to know what your body really needs. So, uh-huh. um, so I don't recommend even taking something like that. Your, your, um, your body should be handling that on its own. Um, we shouldn't have a problem if we're eating a pretty decent diet and not taking antibiotics. You know, when you, if you have to take antibiotics for some purpose, Mm -hmm. that's a possibility of having a problem. Um, you're, you mentioned that you take an antidepressant and the antidepressants, um, definitely interfere with, um, gut health. And, um, and so in your particular case, it might make sense to try to offset some of that. Um, but again, um, I just caution anybody about taking anything, um, long-term and, um, without evaluating. Like yeah, I'm going to go look at what I have, but I do take biotin, biotin, collagen, iron, and probiotics. Yeah. 
those things, but I'm going to look and see if I have any. One time I had like ashwagandha or whatever, like really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so things like that. I, I'm not taking it now, but like you said, short term, probably okay. Yeah. So it's interesting, like a lot of people um, through all the stuff that's happened in the last few years, people Mm -hmm. heard that zinc is really good for you. So they started supplementing with zinc and zinc is good for you. And supplementing with zinc isn't necessarily a bad thing, but only if you need it. And Uh so what happens is if your body has become accustomed to having zinc supplemented from the outside, then Mm -hmm. it's not making zinc natively the way oh, she do. Okay. And so what happens then when you need an extra boost of zinc, you can't just take external zinc orally mm-hmm. and have that get the job done. And you You're, wouldn't know that you yeah. needed that boost anyway. You're not going to know that, that your body's job. Wow. We have to have another episode, another show, because there's so much. I mean, really, this happens all the time when I get into a very interesting topic. Um, So the book, again, what's your kryptonite? I love that. Manage the toxic stressors threatening your superwoman status. I love that. I'm going to get that um, probably today. Do you uh, probably? Yeah. Do you have today? Yeah. Do you read ebooks or do you like the paperback better? Like so it really depends on the book. In in a perfect world, yeah. um, Amazon would figure out how to sell us all three versions. Um, this book is not out on Audible yeah. yet, but I mm-hmm. hopefully will get that done this year or going uh-huh. into 2024. But I would love to have a book, physical book mm-hmm. on Kindle and on Audible. Oh, you know, yeah, right. for yeah. me, that would be the perfect combination and to yeah, buy it all one price, a bit yeah. of a premium, but get all three versions. Unfortunately, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Isn't it a great idea? Well, the problem is with the licensing and the way it works. Mm-hmm. It just, um, it I am going to send you a copy of my book. So oh, should fantastic. I send you yeah. the um, digital copy? Yeah, I just forward it right to my Kindle email address. So it works great. I like to do that as a thank you for coming on. I and um, that. also probably find it interesting. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. G, for coming on. This was wonderful. I'm sure my listeners got a lot out of it. And I am going to have you back next year. We'll do do this again. Okay, sounds great. Looking forward to it, Marie. And, uh, and have a great 2024 until I talk to you again. Yes, we'll have lots to talk about by then. I'll have so much stress on the holidays. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks again.